Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program, podcast, and our free 633 event when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Assistant Pastor Chris Van Hook in the conclusion of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 called Prophecy, Church, and Tongues. Brethren, do not be children in your thinking, yet in evil be infants, but in your thinking be mature. Now, doesn't it sound reasonable to you that when you're in church service, it's better to speak in words that people understand? Sounds reasonable to me. All right, now, hopefully I can cover all this in these next five verses, and I will say, uh, when I said that this can be a tough chapter, this is, this is part of why it's tough. Um, in fact, these verses have befuddled so many Bible commentators that some of them believe there was actually a copyist error in them and they try to explain it that way and that could be a possible explanation i don't agree with that but let's get to them and i'll show you why so verse 21 in the law it is written by men of strange tongues and by the lips of strangers i will speak to this people and even so they will not listen to me says the lord so then and I put in parenthesis here in my notes, I would suggest that the then here means in this instance. So then, in this instance, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophecy is a sign not to unbelievers, but to those who believe. Therefore, verse 32, if the whole church assembles together and all speak in tongues and ungifted men or unbelievers enter... Will they not say that you were mad? And again, some of you have experienced that. But if all prophecy and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, he's convicted by all, and he is called to account by all. Verse 25, the secrets of, the heart, of his heart are disclosed, so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring God is certainly among you. Now, Paul isn't trying to say that this happens every time. But what's really going on here? Well, the example he's using is kind of interesting. He's speaking out of Isaiah chapter 28. He quotes Isaiah chapter 28. And Isaiah chapter 28 is when God judged Israel by using men who spoke a different language, a language that the Israelites didn't know. Why did he do that? Because their own prophets had warned them and they wouldn't listen. So he says, I'm going to judge you by men who speak a language that you don't even know or understand. Because you won't listen in your own language. So in this particular case, tongues were used as a sign of judgment against Israel. So that's not to be confused with the spiritual gift. I think that's what Paul is trying to explain here. Don't confuse that with the spiritual gift to be used in the church. In Acts chapter 2, as we said before, the tongues were a sign to be used as a sign, not in the same way that we use them in the church, but they were to be used as a sign. And that sign was to show unbelievers that the Holy Spirit had to be present. They were like, are these guys drunk here or what? No, it's only 9 a.m. in the morning. They're not drunk, but they're speaking, Peter said, giving a prophecy after tongues, said this is by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what God said is going to happen in the last days. And we're in those last days, by the way. So it was a sign to unbelievers that the Holy Spirit was present. So again, I said sometimes God uses these things in a manifestation that isn't necessarily 
the gift. But Paul says in the church, if all were speaking tongues, and he may, I think, have implied at the same time, unbelievers are going to walk in and go, this is crazy weird. I don't want to have anything to do with this. Now with prophecy, he says when it's manifested for a sign outside of the church, it's for believers. Why? Because when you're outside the church walls and you may be giving a prophecy, um, you know, you're with other believers in that and they're listening to what's being said and they're going to test it and see. It's a sign for believers, not unbelievers. Why? Because unbelievers, they're not going to care what you're saying. They're an unbeliever. They could care less what you're saying. So it's useless to an unbeliever because an unbeliever isn't going to act upon whatever prophecy you may be giving. But in a church service, it's a different thing. And remember, in a church service, prophecy may go out in a foretelling way. Oftentimes, God uses pastors to kind of let you know what they believe is going to happen in the future, right? As they're speaking forth the Word of God, and then you can see it comes true. Well, that's a different thing. In a church service, sometimes an unbeliever will be listening and go, Ooh, wow, uh, and what happens? They may receive the Lord in that church service. They may say, wow, God really is at work here. I never knew he could do that. I, I see the same thing. That's a different situation. So an unbeliever can be convicted in that church service and maybe come to Christ. So I hope that makes sense to you. If it doesn't, that's okay because it makes perfect sense to me. So here's Paul's summary in proper and orderly use of tongues and prophecy in a church service, verse 26. He said, what is the outcome then, brethren? When you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be by two or at the most three, and in turn, each one must interpret. So he's saying, speak in tongues in church, only two or three, let someone interpret. If there is no interpreter, listen to this, no interpreter, he must keep silent in the church. That's when you go into a church and you know they're out of order. Don't be a part of that church if they can't get it in order. Paul says, must keep silent, even if you believe you're supposed to be doing it. Let him speak to himself and God. Let two or three prophets, verse 29, speak. And let others pass judgment. But if a revelation is made to another who is seated, the first one must keep silent. So again, he's giving rules, giving order. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all may be exhorted. Now another key, and I, don't want, I have time to get into this, but the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. That means you can shut up if you're supposed to. For these guys, you go, oh, I couldn't help it. The spirit was moving and I just had to. No. Paul says... The spirits of prophets are subject to the prophets. So if you're going to be out of order, keep your mouth shut. For God, and this is the key, is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Now, one thing to note here is that you're looking at this going, well, we don't need to have any of that in our church services. Yeah, the church services were a little bit different in this time. Remember, they met mostly in homes. They might have met in a in a synagogue at times, but they were usually smaller gatherings, a little more intimate, and very participatory. Now, we used to have a service here at Living Truth 
uh, we called Numa, which represents the Holy Spirit, where we came, we just worshiped and prayed and allowed these gifts to be used. And they were. And they were used. There were prophecies given in here. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, never had an instance of speaking in tongues, I guess, because there were never any interpreters here. I don't know. Um, but we had it. We had set aside for that. So when you're in smaller groups, even in home groups, that's a good time to, um, you know, let the Lord work in that way. But it would be chaos if we did that in here in this service, wouldn't it? So that's why it doesn't happen in the services we do now. The one who speaks is the one who God appointed as the teacher. Uh, the worship is done by worship leaders, and we all participate in worship. So in those ways, it's uh, similar but a little bit different. And again, this is why having agape love comes first. Because if you're, you know, if you're wrapped up in yourself, you're not demonstrating agape love, you won't stay quiet. You won't let the other person speak first. It'll all be about you. But when you have agape love where you're looking to serve the body and to serve others, then you're able to do that. It's all about concern for the building up the body of Christ, not exalting or glorifying oneself. And I have to say, over my many years of the church, I've seen so many times where people are exalting themselves. They want to prove how spiritual they are. That's why they get in a big group and start speaking in tongues. And you even hear their little phrases, you know, well, if you really know how to pray, meaning if you have the gift of tongues. Um, it, it's, it's a sad thing. Verse 34, The women are to keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak. Okay, I see we're running out of time here. Someone let Pastor Michael talk to you next week about that. No. <laughs> I was tempted. The women are not permitted to speak, but are subject to themselves just as the law also says. Now, let me try to explain this to you. you got to read on a little bit. Verse 35, If they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it's improper for a woman to speak in church. Was it from you that the word of God first went forth, or has it come to you only? Now, let me get to what Paul's saying here. Look, we know for sure that women are allowed to speak in tongues and women are allowed to prophesy. Not only allowed, but there are probably you see more uh, prophetesses in the New Testament than you do prophets. Okay? And Paul said in chapter 11, if you go back and remember what Pastor Michael taught you in chapter 11, he said that a woman in Corinth should have her head covered when she does prophesy. So obviously Paul didn't say she shouldn't prophesy. He said, have your head covered when you prophesy. What was that all about? Um, if, if you remember, was all about having the authority over you. It represented having your, your husband's authority over you. That's what the head covering was all about. In that time, if, if you weren't here or don't remember, you know, the uncovering of your head was what the prostitutes did. So Paul was just saying, look, where you live and where you're here, you need to show that you are covered by an authority, and that's your husband. So remember we said earlier, look, when someone speaks a prophecy, it's to be tested to see if this is a worthy saying or not. That's what was supposed to happen in the church. And really what Paul was saying here is that testing of that prophecy comes from the male leadership in your church. That's not for you. And apparently it seems like maybe, uh, and especially if they did it the same way they did um, in the synagogues where the man sat here and the women sat here, you know, they weren't supposed to be calling out to their husband, hey, what's he talking about here? 
They weren't supposed to be interrupting this service. You'll hear more from Assistant Pastor Chris Van Hook in a moment. Join Pastor Michael Lance and his guest Seth Gruber at the next 633 event on March 22nd. Why do we believe what we believe about protecting life? Well, this event, 633 with Seth Gruber, is going to help equip you to know how to make a rational, reasoned defense for life. You can do it from science, you can do it from logic, but you can also use the Word of God, of course, to make these compelling arguments. Register for the next free 633 event with Seth Gruber on March 22nd. Visit walkintruth.com, click on events, or call 844-48-TRUTH. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Now, back to Assistant Pastor Chris Van Hook on Walk in Truth. You need to show that you are covered by an authority, and that's your husband. So remember we said earlier, look, when someone speaks a prophecy, it's to be tested to see if this is a worthy saying or not. That's what was supposed to happen in the church. And really what Paul was saying here is that testing and that prophecy comes from the male leadership in your church. That's not for you. And apparently it seems like maybe, uh, and especially if they did it the same way they did um, in the synagogues where the man sat here and the woman sat here, You know, they weren't supposed to be calling out to their husband, hey, what's he talking about here? They weren't supposed to be interrupting this service. And so Paul was just trying to say, don't do that. Don't interrupt a service. Look, if you need to understand something you don't, the male leadership here is the one who tests the prophecies. If you don't understand what's going on, go home and talk to your husband about it after church. Okay? I really believe that's what Paul was trying to say here. And I think that's on good authority. And he's also saying, and if you don't agree with this, look, you know, who, who are you? I mean, Paul's an apostle. He, he talks about his authority. This is how we know about this. It's 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 20, uh, 21. He says, don't quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. And I know that there are people in the church today that do that. There are people who say they despise them because they don't believe they're of God because they believe those gifts have ceased. But we know better. There's not a biblical case to be made for that. So don't despise the prophetic utterance, but examine everything carefully and hold fast to that which is good. So don't just buy into it because someone prophesies. Examine it carefully and hold fast to that which is good. That's what Paul's saying here. And he says, and I love this in 37 and 8, if anyone thinks he's a prophet or spiritual... Let him recognize that the things which I write to you are the Lord's commandment. But if anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. So what Paul's saying, look, if you don't agree with me, then you're wrong. (laughs) That's basically what he's saying. I wish I could get up here and do that with that kind of authority, but I can't. But Paul's saying, look, this came directly from the Lord. You can't argue with me on this. And if you don't recognize this, then you're not to be recognized in the church. And the Greek word for recognize is agoneo, agonize, agoneo, meaning that they're ignorant and do not understand or they're mistaken. 
So he was being very clear there. So Paul concludes now with verses 39 and 40. He says, Therefore, my brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, and do not forbid to speak in tongues, but all things must be done properly and in an orderly manner. So as we look at this, we want to ask ourselves, well, what's our real takeaway for the, the church today? Well, the takeaway is this. Paul says, look, all these gifts are for today. And he says, desire earnestly. Earlier he said earnestly all gifts, especially prophesying. Why? Because prophesying builds up the church. So let me ask you a question this morning. Have you ever specifically prayed for the gift of prophecy or for the gift of tongues? Have you ever sat down in your prayer time and said, Lord, these are two gifts that you say we should pray for. And so I'm asking for those gifts. Or have you ever even sat down and prayed for God to show you any of your spiritual gifts? And, and I have to say that, and not here at Living Truth, but in the church body overall, there has been such a lack of good teaching and emphasis on the spiritual gifts that the body of Christ has certainly suffered for that today. And I think a lot of what's going on in the church today, for instance, as I was mentioning, pastors in pulpits who are teaching things that are not in God's Word. If you had people who, who knew their gift, I can guarantee you there's people in those bodies that have a gift of discernment of spirits. They know that that's not of the Lord. And they can go right to that pastor and and hold them accountable. You see, the body suffers when we don't pray and seek the gifts that God has for us and use the gifts that God has given to us. Too many people are serving in the wrong area of ministry. And maybe some of you here are, but I can tell you from my experience here, so many people I know, they're serving the right way. How do I know that? The joy that they receive in doing it. The joy that they get and operating in the gift that God's given to them and not out of obligation. But too many people aren't doing that. And too many people are serving out of their gifts because the pastor has asked them to serve in something. And, uh, but maybe they're even afraid to ask for the gift that God may want to give them. Paul says that to desire all gifts, but then be blessed by whichever one God gives you. I don't worry that I don't have the gift of tongues anymore. I'm just blessed by whatever God's given to me. And I'll just tell you one thing. If you truly seek the gifts that God wants to give you and then you allow Him to operate in you, it's by the flow and the power of the Holy Spirit, not in you. Our pastor in Prescott had a great example. He said, you know, when you're, you, the use of the Holy Spirit, it's not like a pump where you've got to be going, you know, and you're trying to force something through. He said, it's more like a pipe. And it just flows through. And that's how it works. It just flows through you. But I guarantee you, if you do that, if you go to the Lord, you seek your gift, you ask God to show you, you maybe have to do a little bit of study in that. And if you haven't already, um, you can get my book. You can wait till it comes on free. I always post on Facebook when I can put it on free on the gifts. Or you can find another good book, but be careful who you read. And find out what your gift is and then allow God to, to use you in that way You'll be blessed beyond measure. When you're serving in your gift, it is a joy and a pleasure 
to serve. Now, this is not for you, but I know that there are people who listen to these messages. I don't know if you realize how many people listen to Living Truth messages outside of Living Truth, but they do. And this is really for the pastors. And if your pastors ever do do this to you, I give you permission to hold them accountable. Probably, probably my last time I'm going to speak here, but just kidding. But this is for pastors or elders or leaders of the church. Quit trying to guilt people into serving just because you think you have a desperate need. That's pretty strong, but it's true. Don't guilt people into serving because you've got this need, and it's always in the children's ministry. I don't care what church you go to. It's always in the children's ministry, but it can be other places. But instead, teach your people about the spiritual gifts. Encourage them to pray for them. Help them to understand them. Allow God through the power of the Holy Spirit to use them, not because you're trying to guilt them into doing something. And trust me, if you do that, your church will flourish. And I will tell you that's part of why Living Truth does what it does today. Because I know your pastors don't do that too. We've even had meetings about what words we used. So we don't try to guilt you into something, but let you know when there's a need. That's what pastors, elders, leaders need to be doing. Because when people are serving out of the joy of the Lord, your church will flourish. You're listening to Prophecy, Church, and Tongues, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. Assistant Pastor Chris Van Hook's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We'd really love to hear from you. So please send us your comments or questions. Contact information is on walkintruth.com or you can call and leave us a brief message at 844-48-TRUTH. Is there a topic you feel stumped on? Are you unsure how to talk about subjects like homosexuality, abortion, or euthanasia? Ask us the question, and we'd love to equip you with the answers you're looking for on any topic. And since we have the Walk in Truth podcast, we can dive deeper if necessary. So help us equip you. Write in or call with your question. Again, you can visit walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. Thanks for reaching out. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, as we reflect on 1 Corinthians 14, I think we can see that God is a God of order, not a God of confusion. So if these gifts, like the gift of tongues or prophecy or interpretation of tongues, have ever caused confusion or you've just wondered what is going on, it's out of control, well, that's not of the Lord. God is a God of order. And God wants to clearly communicate his message. And that comes out in 1 Corinthians 14 as well, that God wants uh, the truth of the gospel and the truth of who he is to be clearly communicated. And sometimes he gets people's attention by doing uh, things with these sign gifts. But again, they're going to be in order and they're going to always point us to the glory of God. If you have questions about spiritual gifts, about how to work out things in terms of loving your spouse or many other questions related to the Christian faith and how to live it, we'd love to help you with those questions. You can ask your question when you reach out to us by email at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. You can also write us at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's P.O. Box 2063, Corona, 92878. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Love to know how the program's blessing you and also would love to answer your questions. 
Well, tomorrow we're going to begin in a whole incredible section on the resurrection. And what a great time to be thinking about the resurrection because Resurrection Sunday is a coming. And we're going to be talking from the most extensive chapter on the resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15, for several messages coming up here on Walk in Truth. And so stay tuned because we're excited about showing that the grave doesn't have the final say. Jesus does. I'd like to invite you to our special 633 event with guest speaker Seth Gruber. We do live in a pluralistic society, and you know with the election debates and everything that's going on right now, there's a debate about pro-life and pro-choice. And what? why do we believe what we believe about protecting life? Well, this event, 633 with Seth Gruber, is going to help you, and it's going to help equip you to know how to make a rational reason defense for life. And you don't even really need your Bible to do it. You can do it from science. You can do it from logic. But you can also use the Word of God, of course, to make these compelling arguments. Seth Gruber is going to help us with clarity on this issue of abortion. This is going to help equip you and perhaps your friends and family on getting anchored in the arguments for life. If anyone in our society should be protected, that's the unborn. So, Life Issues, Sunday, March 22nd at 633 in the evening, Sunday night, at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. We're at 1009 Arsenal Way. Let us know that you're coming when you call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We'll look forward to seeing you here. God bless you. Tune in tomorrow for a teaching from Pastor Michael in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 called The Order of the Resurrection. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.